Hello and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Zhao. And today, I've invited Nick Swanson here with me. What's up, man? Hello. Um, not, not, not much is up. Uh, not much is up. You want to yeah. introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Um, I'm Nick Swanson. Uh, I'm a student at NMH right now. I'm going to Georgia Tech next year. Georgia Tech, baby. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, what are you going to major in there? I'm currently majoring in, or going to major in materials science and engineering, but... What, what is that uh, like? So, it's like the study of... Material science is the study of materials, and mm -hmm. that seems like pretty basic, but it's really... Mm, it's, it's mostly just the study of material structure and then also creating new materials so that's but that's more of chemical engineering so it's really more about composites creating new materials that do different things so so it's chemistry based biological engineering those kind like, of stuff it's kind of like that but i would also say it's more about it's less about the chemistry aspect of it and more about the testing I and think, engineering and engineering and like the uses for new materials almost and then also, engineering composite materials, so materials that involve, that use both polymers and then carbon nanofibers and things like that, that create a new kind of, you end up with a different result when you combine multiple materials together in certain patterns and ways. Um, so do you self-study those, or? Because uh, I've, <laughs> I don't know. Well, for the major, it's, I, I'd say it's kind of, uh, it's, it's honestly not a lot of material engineering, at least in undergrad. Um, it's a lot of engineering in general. There's mm -hmm. a lot of general engineering classes and chemistry classes you take. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a few specific material engineering classes mm -hmm. that I'm excited for, mm -hmm. but a lot of what you learn in undergrad at most schools is not going to be super specific to your major. Uh, mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Why, why'd you sort of found interest in doing this? Because I would would have speculated you doing something like computer science or math major or whatever. Because, dude, you're on your computer all the time. Literally. In, in linear algebra class, I'm sitting behind you. I mean, I don't want to piss Dom off if he's listening, but I can see you on your whatever game you are every single day. I don't always play games. Um, okay, yeah, that's fair, but then you're always doing something on your computer, mm -hmm. like programming or whatever. It's true. It's true. I always am. Um, and, yeah, I, I would have thought I would have done something else too, and I'm not really sure why I chose material science. Um, mm -hmm. I think it just kind of felt right. Is I don't know. I have this theory, like, I have some theories of why I came up to it. Um, one of them is that even before I was doing the college admissions process, like, in the year of pre-COVID or something, mm -hmm. I was, like, my mom suggested, oh, you should, we have a convention center in the city we live in. You should mm -hmm. go to a convention this summer, like, some technical convention, just to see what it's like. And I was, like, mm -hmm. cool, that might be interesting. So... Like, I didn't realize this until recently, mm -hmm. and I've actually signed up to go to the convention again this year, mm -hmm. um, but it is the Society for the Advancement of Materials and Process Engineering, which... That's a pretty big name. Yeah, I know, but it's about material science, and mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to be in, like, material science at that point, so... What, what, what was there? I didn't go. You, it, did, you no, didn't, didn't go last year? I did sign up. What? Um, <laughs> well, okay, so I think is I went on the last day, uh -huh. and... On the last day of the convention, apparently it's still, like, there are still 
panels and things, right? Mm-hmm. Things still happen, but the show floor, mm-hmm. which is the part that's free and doesn't cost money, mm-hmm. um, is not like still there on the last day because everybody's packed up and gone. Damn. So that's yeah, unfortunate. I went and showed up and it was empty. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so how would that even help you? I don't know. Sort of I don't fighting. know. I think it was. I think it was probably. Just like the fact that the subconscious aspect of the feeling of like, oh I I needed to material see this. science is cool and okay. I also the part that really interests me is when I was reading I was researching these majors I was like what do I want to major and I have to make a choice for mm-hmm. applying to college because mm-hmm. I have to say I have to be decisive about it I can't be ooh I don't know and then sound and the colleges might not accept me at that point so mm-hmm. I decided I had to be decisive about it mm-hmm. so what I I looked into all the majors and I kind of ruled out anything that was too quote boring to me i mean not that they're actually boring i still mm-hmm. find them incredibly okay yes but no i, I eventually mean, found yeah. that i really like the idea of material science and what i really liked about it is the idea of living engineered materials and so those living engineer hold up yeah expand yeah so those are materials that it's only a theoretical thing really mm-hmm. but i think the theory behind it is really interesting it's like if you have for example you could engineer a biological like cell right Hmm. and you genetically engineer a cell and into doing a certain thing and it'll eventually you can use this cell to create a material right naturally so for example silk right Mm -hmm. and i've watched videos and read the research about people using yeast which Mm -hmm. is a yeah germ right yeah to create spider silk because they can take the genes from the spiders and splice it into the yeast, and then they can use the yeast and feed the yeast. And next thing you know, instead of just a vat like of normally yeast turns sugar into alcohol, but they've create, turned this yeast to turn something else into spider silk. So basically, you can manufacture mutated. like. But the idea is that you can manufacture like spider silk is incredibly strong, mm-hmm. and we don't know how to manufacture it. But if you could just hijack nature's processes and manufacture it for you, that's that. And then so wait, hold up. You're using math to not even turn math, something like genomic chem- sciences to turn like a vat of liquid and some molecule uh, and some microbes into a useful material. And that's the like engineered part of that. That's mm-hmm. like, but then there's it goes even a step further. Is that well, what if this is where living engineered materials gets in? Is that what if it wasn't just like for example, a um, you create your material and that's it. Mm-hmm. What if your material was different? So, you know how like you if you break a bone, it heals. Mm-hmm. What if the same kind of system applied? What if you mm. had a crack that's, in your material and it healed itself, hmm. like through living like these biological mechanisms? Because, yeah. well, we don't really fully understand that, but I think the possibility there is mm-hmm. definitely existent, and that's what really interests me about it. Sounds crazy and interesting at the same time. I mean, it sounds pretty hard to comprehend. Like, did did you sort of learn this by yourself, or it's part of your classes, or, or I don't know what clicked? It did was you definitely read a by myself kind of thing? Okay. Um, and I honestly think it could have been influenced by myself, my breaking my own arm. Right. Mm, so I broke okay. my arm ice skating, which mm-hmm. is. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. That's your first. That was your first time ice skating. Yeah, my first time ice skating <laughs> with my arm. And how? 
Well, I fell backwards, and apparently that's not the right thing to do. And then I put my hand out behind put, my back because uh, I had, you see, God. I just, like, didn't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what you're, happened. You're and just, you're, you're, your brain power is too strong, that is. <laughs> but <laughs> it took, took all the physical aspect out. No, I'm kidding. Right. But the, <laughs> then when I had broken my arm, it was like, oh, my God, it's crazy that my body can, like, take this rigid object oh, and break and then it can heal itself. So mm-hmm. I really researched a bunch into that, and I learned about also the types of different bone cells because I was really interested in that for, like, a little bit. As part of ADHD, you get, like, really interested in some topics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Wait, you have ADHD? I do, yeah. Oh. When did you die? Like, third grade. I got diagnosed in third grade. I couldn't tell. Yeah. You, you seem pretty fine and normal and calm. I mean, I could be wrong stereotypically, but then... Yeah, but that's, like, because, you know, I've, like, learned how to deal with it. I've created my own coping mechanisms, you know, but... It's not really. The I, point. I would come to that that afterwards, but please yeah, we'll come back with. to that. Um, so I was really interested, and in, I was learning about like all the ways that your body can repair itself, mm-hmm. and I, that I don't know. That was probably a definite factor in you know getting me interested in these living engineered materials. Mm, okay, so you wanted to see if you can combine what engineering and what you were used to to what just happened to you the injury sort of combine engineering and chemical and repairing sort of and they extent to an extent part of one thing i also realized when i was Mm -hmm. doing college admission process and learning about all these types of engineering Mm -hmm. is that i find all almost all of them immensely fascinating and through that discovery that i find them all fascinating i realized that it's not a specific type of engineering that i'm interested in or even a specific subject because Mm -hmm. some types of engineering so it's not even just engineering in general i'm interested in because my interests extend beyond engineering so what i discovered though is that i'm really interested in this what i've decided to call analytical problem solving and that's what engineering is so but i have abstracted that term and i feel like that's what I'm. Do you want to expand in. a little on that term? Um, sure. So analytical, as in statistical, no, as in like logical, an analyzing logical mm-hmm. things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. So I think the reason that I use analytical problem solving and not engineering is because mm-hmm. I'm interested in like finance and mm-hmm. business industries like that. Mm. So I decided that you know maybe engineering isn't really the right solve uh path for me but i do know i like this Mm -hmm. so that's why i did apply for engineering and i am going to an engineering school Mm -hmm. even though i may not end up doing engineering in my life it is a job Hmm. so you sort of so what would you do in the future well to be honest um i don't know i've thought a lot about it i think it would be really cool to be an engineer somewhere but i also think it would be really cool to like (laughs) To work at a consulting company or just be like... <laughs> You're kind of all over the place, not going to lie. I really lie. am. And this is where you see the ADHD. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I, I feel you. I, I yeah. can sort of resonate with you to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. But because on the one hand, you're there's math and computer science. On, on the other, there's this materialistic engineering. And now there's financing all, all yeah, yeah. <laughs> out I mean, of nowhere. The, the amount of projects like and things that I've like 
been interested in. I actually had a list at one point. I called mm-hmm. it. And that was one of my coping mechanisms for ADHD is that, you know, I get these ideas, mm-hmm. right? And, like, they're really interesting to me at the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're distractions. So, like, I can't you treat them, them as distractions. Well, they okay. are distractions because they're not really important. I mean, I mean, they're not. To I mean, be, they, they are important. I what, guess, what, so extent. what is important for well, you? For example, like, I mean, they are important, but they were like distractions to getting my schoolwork done. Okay, sure. So, like, so that was your priority. Homework, mm-hmm. like, my priority is homework. If I get these ideas, well, I don't just want to like forget about them. So, so I wrote. You them, write, I've, I've yeah. written them a lot of them down. How how many did you have back in your list? I don't know, um, but. A lot of them, as I've looked back over the list, a lot of them are just like, some of them are just like, why did I think this was, a, why did I, why was I interested in this? Because Can you, can you give us some examples? Okay, first of all, um, let's see. Uh, reflecticles um, is a, like, I just write down things. So okay, reflecticles okay. are a product that is sold by, I don't remember what company, some small company. And mm-hmm. the point is that they are glasses with retro reflectors on them. So like on the frames, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody takes a flash photograph of you, you don't show up in their face. Your face doesn't show up. It's just like a bright flash because it's reflecting the flash right back at the camera. And mm-hmm. they also created the same thing for infrared. So mm-hmm. an infrared camera, right? Something like a nighttime camera will shine an infrared light and then use like a photo sensor with a lack of an infrared filter to see that light. So mm-hmm. if you use these reflecticles, then on like security cameras at night, you are no longer like a face that's recognizable. You're just a blob. Like your face is just a white dot, like a glare. It's really interesting. I thought that was really cool. Huh. That sounds... I know. That's I know. interesting. Like, it's interesting. That, that's a, that's I don't a, think it's realistic. Um, could be, though. It could be. Maybe you're inspiring some... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I'm just saying. The other part is that, like, I don't know. I I have very many interests, lots of interests, and I've watched lots of videos that are just about lots of different things. Um like, give us more examples. Okay. I'm, I'm actually fascinated. Okay, so here's another example from my list. Um, I wanted to build a, uh, like, I've just had, like, these ideas are not things that I've ever executed. So I have on my list, I think at one point there was, like, DIY heart monitor, building your own EKG, right, electrocardiogram. I was, because, like, the technology behind that seems cool. So I mm-hmm. wanted to, like, maybe explore that. Mm-hmm. Or another one was... Um, there's a lot of like DIY stuff like, well, this product exists. Maybe I can make it better. So or mm. something I want to improve on my own. So making my own speakers or something mm-hmm. because the components themselves for speakers are really not that expensive. And I looked into this. So if you can make the enclosure and like out of wood and you can buy the speaker parts online, which are probably only like they're only like $30 for a nice set of speaker components like for each speaker but dude for like the speaker is probably bucks, you can get 20 you can get a very nice speaker that sounds a lot better than i mean i think there's a stage in my life where i was a little bit of an audiophile mm-hmm. um not much of one but as in you wanted to record. like i wanted to like audiophile as in like you know i'm into music and i'm into the high quality music and i want high quality right mm-hmm. like i wasn't satisfied with just normal headphones <laughs> yeah so uh I, i'm not so much anymore mm. um Why not? I've no, well 
Because I feel like it doesn't matter so much. And I think I've kind of, I as mean, I've gotten older. I think all of your ideas are no, very interesting. No, I think as I've gotten older, I've started uh-huh. to realize that, well, these are all good ideas and they're but all great. How but are, I have are to prioritize them because I can't. Oh, okay. Well, here's the other thing is I have so many ideas, I can't execute them all. Mm-hmm. So I have to prioritize. Right? You could be, I don't know, Elon Musk had, or Steve Jobs had those innovative companies within their own. Right, you know what I'm saying? right. Like you could do one of those. I don't think so. I don't think I could. Completely innovative. I don't think I have the like drive to do so. I think Why? I get, you, you have the drive. You I have, have these I, ideas. That already puts you ahead of 99% of the population, you know what I'm saying? Sure. I and just don't. Also, you have ideas of how to execute them. Maybe you don't have the drive to execute them yourself. What I'm saying is, if you find people that are willing to execute for you, it will be. Yeah, but that's not like the next Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs started in his garage, and Elon mm-hmm. Musk built PayPal with his brother in like a basement as well. So I'm not, I don't think why why not? (laughs) Because the amount of, I'd get distracted is really the answer. I'd get distracted with another project first. Mm. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's me now. Maybe in the future, I, as I get older, I might be able to do it. I don't know. At this time, I feel like I would get distracted. You know, the thing is creativity is more and more important. I feel creativity is more and more important in our society because you have computers or other things. I mean, you're definitely into computers that can take over the mundane job, say calculate, uh, I don't know, a 100 by 100 matrix, right? Right. It, which you would take hours and hours to compute and they can do in ha- less than a second. But ideas, Computers can't generate. Oh, they probably could. I'm, I'm not into that field, but I'm saying to think of the ideas that you have has to be from you. And right. that would be extremely valued in the future, I would say. And I think that there is definitely, and in regarding that, like computers doing the tasks that we don't want to, like, so like maybe not the creative tasks, but mm-hmm. those other tasks that are like the actual doing of the creative tasks so for example computers have gotten better at that like video editing has become a lot easier because of computers but and i think maybe eventually we'll get to a point where a person can just have the ideas and a computer can do a lot of the extra grunt work of doing making those ideas so if, a reality if, i don't think we're there yet though we're not there yet but what i'm saying is if we get close to that you could possibly just generate ideas and and let the computers do the work for you and you don't need to worry about losing the yeah, um, distraction because that's a good thing because it's going to be done by the time you have another idea. In in regards to that, um, one of my dad's friends who I've met recently mm-hmm. when I was visiting Georgia Tech, um, mm-hmm. he lives in Atlanta, and he also has ADHD. Mm-hmm. And what he does, he what he, the, he found a job for a company, and they let him manage all the projects. He doesn't do all the work, but mm-hmm. he has all the ideas. And I think that's like I think that's that like what a, you a could perfect do. job for me. That's what you could do. That's a dude because what, from what I just I'm don't sure, know how to get there, dude. How old, how old is your dad's friend? He's like fifty two. Yeah, how old are you? I'm gonna be nineteen. Yeah, bro. Month. He's like four times, three times your age. Yeah, like bro, you, you have so much time to get there. I guess. Think think of 
I mean, considering he, he also was like a lawyer first, and yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I could get if, there. If you already sort of have this vision, I think you're already ahead of that, ahead of him, miles ahead of him, because you can sort of use your time well. But I, I mean, I think I he feel, also probably get lucky, got lucky, and the world was also a different place 30 years ago. Yeah, sure. But now, I mean, with yeah. your ideas, who knows? It's, it's pretty knows? cool. No, but let's come back to ADHD because I think it's interesting. So, when did you sort of first notice that you could potentially have this? I didn't really notice myself. Um, mm -hmm. So, first of all, there's some facts about ADHD. ADHD is one of the most studied psychological quote, disorders, but it's mm -hmm. also one of the most least un least understood, which I think is really interesting that it's what do you mean like so they've studied it a lot there's mm -hmm. lots of studies sure, about adhd sure. but people don't really understand it still because hmm. it's so complex why and why because i'm not exactly sure i don't know hmm. um usually it has to do with like a fundamental difference in brain development mm -hmm. so and there are some like there's similarities between adhd people mm -hmm. but for some things like depression, right, mm -hmm. we know that um, we can see the symptoms of that in the brain and we can treat those mm -hmm. to an extent, right? Mm -hmm. We can use, like, SSRIs that regulate the chem brain chemicals yeah. in order to treat depression mm -hmm. or whatever else. Mm -hmm. For ADHD, it's not really the same. We have figured out stimulants are a pretty good treatment for ADHD, but we don't really know how they treat ADHD. Mm. Like... We don't really understand it, and we don't know why stimulants work, um, but they do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's interesting. But as far as how I learned I had ADHD, it wasn't something that I, like, discovered myself. Um, mm -hmm. It was my mom kind of did it. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, you have to go back to, like, this has to talk about my educational career now. But mm -hmm. um, I was born in New York, right, mm -hmm. New York City, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. I went to a public school in Manhattan that mm -hmm. was really great, probably. Mm -hmm. I don't remember much of it, but I assume mm -hmm. it was great mm -hmm. um, because I didn't really have any issues till we moved. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Then when we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, which mm -hmm. I was, like, really struggling in school. Mm -hmm. I really hated doing homework. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom was like, hmm, this doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. So she took me to, like, a educational consultant or something, Right, and they did some. They gave me some tests, mm -hmm. and then discovered they referenced referred my mom to someone else, and eventually I got diagnosed with ADHD. And the course of action for that is both drugs. So mm -hmm. in like fourth, fifth grade, I started taking Ritalin, right, mm -hmm. and then the other course of action is like changes in assignments and things like that. So those are, would be accommodations. Disability so, combinations. So you're still taking Redlands. I've switched drugs, but still a stimulant. Right? Still a stimulant. Okay. Yeah. Stimulant as in increases amphetamine, as in increases dopamine in the or something in the brain, like acti brain that activity. That doesn't sound well. That's the part that sounds weird. That sounds right? weird because so the other part I is would that speculate stimulant that medications for most people make them hyperactive, but for ADHD people, it's like the opposite, which. That it's also why it's ADHD is one of the least understood things ever. Negative multiplied by negative becomes positive. Maybe I don't know. Mm, maybe. Um, so, but coming back to accommodations, what do you have for accommodations? For a long time, uh, 
I've always had like extra time on tests. Mm -hmm. Not that I've always needed that. Um, that in some crazy. cases, I'd have needed that, um, but I haven't always. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, um, I've usually. I mean, like. So when they diagnosed you, did you did they do brain scans or no? Did they no, sort they do they do a they talk um, um, it's like a. Well, there's the DSM-5 criteria for ADHD, Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. So if you observe, if you exhibit some of these traits, right, mm -hmm. in these activities, or like these are your observers are usually your parents in that case. So if you, they, your parents, your the consultant, therapist, whatever, asks your parents these questions, do you observe these in your child, mm -hmm. right? And then there's also like other oh. tests. So mm -hmm. there's a, the ones that I distinctly remember, even though this was so long ago, um, there are like matching tests mm -hmm. and like word matching if, uh, so for example, it's like if, uh, uh, oh my God, I can't remember. Um, it's too far okay, back. First, so like if, if moose is to deer, then I, I guess this is Lion like, is to. Well, no, if moose is to deer, then like duck is to swan or something like that. Okay. So it's like. I, there's better. I could, probably could have come up with a better example. No, okay, but, but that you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's stuff analogies. like analogies. Um, yeah, analogies, stuff like that. Uh, and um, there was also, I think, one of the ADHD tests is for ADHD is there's a tape that they play and it has a beep in it, right? Right. So it's like every so often it just beeps, but as the tape gets longer, the amount of background noise that's in the tape keeps going up. So there's like other people talking and stuff like that, like a, like a big crowd. Yeah, sure. Right. So ADHD people would get distracted by that and forget the beeps. Even if they're still audible, they would get like not be able to notice them because they're distracted. So, huh. yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. That's for testing. Um, so ADHD makes distractions a lot worse, but I mean, to some extent, I think it can also be considered a superpower. No, I, I that's yeah. what I think because, because you, you have, have these the, crazy ideas. Well, it's not even just the ideas; it's just the crazy like your brain is just really good at jumping from different tasks. And yeah, really good at like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh Switching out, alternating, like, quote, it's shifting, lateral thinking dashing. is what they yes. call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like connecting distant ideas. Yeah. That most people don't think of because your brain's so good at connecting distant ideas that it creates distractions for itself. Yeah. But um, it can create these connections that sometimes are just really crazy. Mm -hmm. And like no. when you, then when you think mm -hmm. about this, it, like how did I jump to that thought? And then you think about it, and you're like, oh my god, wow, that's, that's right, crazy. Write it um, down. And so that's like useful. There's also the whole hyper focus thing. So yeah, you know you if you've ever read anything about thing. like flow states or anything, apparently it's easier for people with ADHD to enter states of flow. Yes. Um. No, so I get, I get, bro, yeah, I, I feel you, man. Yeah. I sort of yeah. I mean, I, I sort of relate to that experiences because I mean, I'm doing podcasting right now. It's sort of. I'm not diagnosed with ADHD, but I highly speculate that I have. Yeah. But I am able to jump back from all kinds of different people and sort of just connect with anyone and everyone. Right. Because I don't know. It's 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 crazy that I don't even understand how my brain does this. My my brain's also be my brain's able to shift mindsets or like, I have different. 
people inside of me. Yeah. And I can flip on that personality when I need it. Like right now when I'm talking to you, I can flip back to like this, you know, resonation. So I can have this resonation with you. But if I have um, an athlete here next time, I can flip to that right, part of me. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I feel it's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. The, the, the superpower sort of well, just helps. While we're talking them. about brains, I yeah. have a question for you. Do you have a voice in your head or not? Of course, bro. Okay, I have but there's people who don't have voices in their head. Really? Yeah, they don't, like, think. They don't speak no their thoughts way. in their own head. What? Then they how do they like, think? I don't know. They have, but they have thoughts. Like, I can have multiple voices like inside of me. If you're, from yeah. birth. Okay. Right? You can still think, but you're obviously not thinking of words because you've never heard words before. So you think in images? Maybe, or like abstract concepts. Like, I don't know. How does that even work? I don't know. And I think it's really interesting that there's like some people don't have that and other people do. Like, and we're all, but we're all humans. That, that, and that sounds, that's, that's amazing to think about it. I mean, I think the brain is fascinating. And this is, again, you, you that, know, one of the yeah. things that I'm interested in is the brain. Um, you know, yeah, Elon Musk's <laughs> Neuralink. I really, I, I, like, when that becomes a thing, I'm going to get one. Neuralink? Either the neural lace, you know, they stick a bunch of electrodes in your brain. Yeah. And they connect it to a computer, and they can, like, influence your brain somehow and also, like, read signals from your brain. Okay, that would be cool, but I would just, I would only get that if, if I'm 100% sure it's safe. Yeah, because no, obviously, oh, I wouldn't Slight get it, altercation, like, bro, you're done. Or, because or like the brain. somehow manipulate your thoughts or something, yes, I feel like that would be that too would be bad, too scary. Right? But if it was but just, if it's just like a, Even if it's just like, I think it'd be interesting even if it was just to like read your brain activity. Exactly. Specifically, because currently we can't really read brain activity. Mm -hmm. The best ways of doing it are. EEGs, right? Electroencephalograms, which mm -hmm. they stick a bunch of electrodes onto your head and then like kind of vaguely try to like measure brain waves through your skull, mm -hmm. which doesn't work very well because your skull is pretty thick. <laughs> um, and neurons are not very like, so they can measure like general patterns of the brain and mm -hmm. like see if brain activity is higher or lower, right? Mm -hmm. um, the other way they do it is with MRIs and they use, um, quote, what are they called? Uh, like dyes. They put these dyes in your blood that are radioactive. Um, it's really interesting. They put radioactive dyes in your blood, and then when you take an MRI, these dyes, like in areas of activity in the brain, you get more blood and more oxygen. So these dyes are more dense there. So mm -hmm. you get a, like, hot spot, and it's really cool. So you can see, like, areas hot of the brain, and you can see, like, some signals of the brain. But we haven't really, without, like, in except without this, like, neural lace technology before this, like these putting electrodes in your brain, we didn't really have a way to measure like the, I guess the um, like firing of individual or even small clusters of neurons. So I think it's a really great advancement for neurology, hopefully. Maybe this will be used to like discover how human consciousness works. Who knows? No, I mean, I think right now, the it's like, well, we, brains are just so fascinating that there are. We can advance so much if we understand ourselves better. You know what I'm saying? I think so, because too. Uh, I don't know how to put this, but it's... We, humans are the most complex animals, or not just humans, but animals are so complex because of brains. And right, they really so are. It's so fascinating to even think about 
if we can control our brain and s- put translate it into it to computer, it, it it's just scary. Right, it's scary. And, 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 and even if, what's crazier if, is that. So, for example, like the human brain has what a hundred billion neurons or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not a hundred. Maybe it's a billion. I don't remember. Yeah, what it is. a lot. The human billion. The human brain has a billion neurons. That's a lot of neurons, right? Probably a hundred so billion. If these neurons were like logic gates, mm-hmm. that wouldn't really, that would be a lot of complexity, but it wouldn't be that much because modern computers have like a trillion transistors, right? But here's the thing. You think about a dragonfly, right? Dragonfly seems like a pretty, you know, smart like creature. It's a bug, but it flies, it eats, it hunts, it breeds, right? It like has all these actions. Mm-hmm. Its brain has eight neurons. What? Yup. Eight neurons in a dragonfly. So we are made up of so if you think about hundreds how many and millions of dragonflies. Not even not that really. Okay, because like, we have strange. different types of but, neurons, but it's like a dragonfly has eight neurons, and uh-huh. look what it can do with eight neurons. So that's how complex a neuron is, because it's not just like a if this then that, right? It yeah. has a bunch of signals, inputs, and has a bunch of outputs too, right? So with eight neurons, it can already perform all it can of these. Fl- yeah, it can fly, it can hunt prey. It can learn. It can. I don't know, know if it can. Dragonflies learning. No, but, but it can learn how to fly, can, right? Well, if, no, if it's if an instinctual thing. Well, but still It's learning. not like bir- birds learn how to fly. Dragonflies instinctually fly. Really? It's different. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like with eight neurons, it's crazy that they can do that. So, like, humans. imagine the humans have a billion more, like, and each neuron is just that dense. It we may not ever be able to understand the full complexity of the human brain. Probably not. I mean, hopefully someday, but yeah, the future of humanity is so at this at current time, right? In this current time, the future of humanity is kind of dark. Why? To be honest with you, with global warming. I mean, even with global warming, I think we will survive, right? Because extinction level events have happened in the past before, yes. and some animals have survived. Yeah, and because I think of how diverse human is, human and with the is, and with the technology we have. we have, right? Especially the technology we have, unless we like completely lost our atmosphere somehow instantly. That's which that's is unrealistic, right. Yeah. right? I think we would survive. Okay. So I, but at least at I least for the next like ten thousand years. Beyond that, I'm not sure. I we'll feel see. like a way to solve these complex global issues is to start within. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, it, it's it's like counterintuitive, but it's sort of based off of what you're saying. Is if we understand ourselves better, if we understand our brain, maybe we can use that to generate much more. That or maybe we can surpass the knowledge of. The level of knowledge that we have right now, you know what I'm saying? We can get to another level, like with AI, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like if, and if I think we that's can, the future, a future of humanity and AI, hopefully, is that it's not just AI replaces humanity, but AI augments humanity. That's what the concept of transhumanism is. Yeah. That you're more than human. You've become, it's like the next thing. So you have, you've self-evolved, you've basically created a device that can in like somehow augment you even further beyond like i mean we've already been creating devices for as like tools essentially augment our abilities 
already, but mm-hmm. the idea of transhumanism creating physical mod- mod- uh, modifications to your body, like or brain, to expand your abilities. I think it's really cool. That sounds. That's that sounds scary. At the same time, though, are we losing our human bodies? Are we gonna? merge with a robotic body or what's going to happen? I don't even know. Well, I don't know. I read a lot of sci-fi, right? Yeah, I've read some sci-fis before. If you've ever read the Warhammer books, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have, but they're one of my favorite series. Um, Mm -hmm. It actually started off as a tabletop game, right? Like Mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing. And then... They write, started writing books about it, and so they've now it's now turned into like a whole thing. And I think it's their lore is really interesting because they have a faction that's mm-hmm. called the Mechanicus, and their whole belief is that it is like becoming more machine than human is good, and that like the weakness of the flesh is something that's not, and that the human body is a machine, but it's not a perfect one. Like, well, what they're saying they're is saying they that the human to... body is just a machine to support the brain, right? Okay. And that if you could replace that same yes. machine with something made of metal and steel, that's better. That's better. Yeah. That doesn't need to worry about eat, sleep. Exactly. And we can just spend all of their time thinking. And Not then thinking, doing, but because doing. the other part is that if Execution. you replace, like, if you had a body made of, like, and imagine this is in the future, right? So it's set in the 41st millennium, 40,000 years from now. Um, I don't think we even need that far. Thirty? No, I don't think we need I feel that like far. We, but I'm just saying, even by 10, a few hundred years, years, years from now, ten thousand. No, no, I feel like a few hundred. We already think about this. We had when did we have our first computer? In the past, like fifty years. Well, I guess six dep- years. It depends how you define computer. But okay, if you say the first, like, I guess feasible, like computer that could actually do the first electromechanical computer that could do math. Right mm-hmm. is at least in less than fifty years ago, well, more than fifty years ago. Maybe, but, like, but around that, that time around period. like fifty, sixty years. Think ago. about it. Right, fifty years. We're already here right now. Exactly. In the next fifty years, think about what what just like, happened, and, and it's going to be quadratic. By a few hundred years, I can't even explain. If we can already comprehend to sort of how to make a physical. If we can have the idea of making a physical human body, and and you, you've seen like robotics, they are developing right, these right. similar things. I feel like it's very possible and very likely that that this would be developed. I think in the near that future. at some point, well, yeah, I hope so. It would be developed in something. Why in the do you future. hope so, though? Why do I hope so? Because it sounds scary, man. I think it I sounds scary. I agree. But it's just, I, also, I feel like we're losing this big part of human definition is to have our body and to have our i i kind of agree and i there's a large amount of people that have a philosophy that part of being human and there's a lot of like sci-fi tv shows that say this part of being human is having death right knowing that there's not you're not going to be live around forever and so that's why things matter Mm -hmm. and i i kind of agree with that but i don't think a hundred years like a hundred years most people live these days is a hundred something years, right? Yeah. And by the time you and I are in old age, people might live to one fifty, right? Yeah, sure. But the theory is that one fifty is like the limit of modern technology in terms of like medicine technology in terms of keeping the original body alive but that's just without right replacing now. things. But that's just right but no, now. without replacing anything, right? 
Okay. Right? And that's like, unless we can reverse aging somehow, but I don't think that'll happen Dude, very with, soon. With the biological engineering and genetics engineering. Maybe, that, maybe we can get close, be. but I don't think it's going to be possible to just reverse aging. Um, I mean, I've... My, I'm but really like, I think... I think, like, I don't think people should live forever, but think about this. Like, scientists who are able to live for, like, 300 years, the amount of knowledge they'd have in their respective fields is absurd. And I think those kind of people that can live, like, if you had a scientist that lived for 300 years, right, and had already had 300 years of knowledge and experience, he's going to be really good at science. So I think... Like that Thomas like, Edison still right. Alive if Stein, right now. Thomas Edison still, still right. alive, those kind of great yeah. minds, but not even just those great minds, just but, everybody, like yeah. lots of scientists, I think are advancement in human technology <laughs> because a lot of science like can't be completed because there's a lot of work that's just not going to be done in the lifetime of a single human, right? And I think that's a long that's another reason people don't think about global warming because by the time it starts to affect a lot of people, you're going to be dead. Right? Is that how a lot of the policymakers think? And I think if people lived longer, they would understand these like humans really right now lack a multi generational like aspect of progress, right? Like the Egyptians had that. Like it took multiple generations to build the pyramids, it wasn't something that just happened in 20 years. Nowadays, we could probably build something similar in 20 years, but Maybe that's what the less. technology we have, yeah. right? So back then, but they were like devoted to this goal of mm -hmm. building these pyramids and they had that generational thinking of that even though I'm not going to complete it, get to see it in my life, my work is still worth something. And I think that we need more of that on earth in modern humans. Need more of what? This gener the, like the, the idea that long term thinking. The long term thinking of like the future of humanity, not just like what's good for me right now. I feel like this long term, well, I feel like if you if you use the ex example of pyramid, it's got to be an idea somewhere, and this idea is sort of accepted by the top tier of group of people, and then it's sort of like a chain of as a pyramid to build build the pyramid. It's like at the bottom layer is the forced labor, yeah, which we're gradually replacing. You know what I'm saying with right. with technology, and we can sort of work our way up this chain. But at the top at the summit. It's still the original idea, which is still humans. But then I feel like, I don't know. I, f I feel like I can think of I think modern society in this way is to we're replacing layers after layers. You know yeah, in a sense. But I don't think like, even though we have like these, like, you know, we have these like, it, it's not really the same thing as having an all encompassing ruler, right? Like a pharaoh could decide, I want to build a pyramid, right? Mm -hmm. And get his son in on that. And next thing you know, that's going to happen because mm -hmm. he is the ruler, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have that same, like people, politicians think for their term length. And that's mm -hmm. another th thing that I think is flawed. Yeah. I don't think that politicians should have longer term lengths, but I think that the idea that Pol um, politicians like are only, only, thinking, only politics. thinking about getting reelected and yeah. not thinking about making a better change. Helping the right. long term. Because right now, uh, see, here's the thing. Like policies, they they wouldn't. Well, if if it has to be like a long term policy, it wouldn't take effect at all. Right. So it's only gonna look bad on bad on you because four years later, people are gonna ask, well, "What did you do?" Exactly. And exactly. then most people don't see the don't have that vision of like thinking. those policies that don't have immediate benefits. 
people are going to be like, well, why do I want that? Or policies that even worse have immediate benefits that could be potentially harmful to the economy, right? So that sounds so like, interesting because there are t- so there's sort of like these two things coming together right now. On the one hand, is we see the necessity of sort of have these long-term visions. Right. Technology-wise, everything-wise. But on the other hand, people's patience level or whatever, attention span or whatever you call it, is decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. And everyone wants to see more imminent, more close results and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like digital, like TikTok or whatever these things. Exactly, exactly. They want more and more immediate but on the same time we realize what we need is more and more long term exactly so it's so pretty interesting a project like a nasa project for example right that would have sent a spaceship to another star right like like 4.3 light years away whatever it would have taken almost a century to get there for the spaceship right no matter how fast it goes but even then and it would take four years for that signal to get, like, the data from it to get back to us. So 104 years. Yeah, 104 like years. But, and that would be really cool. Because 104 would. years from now, if we don't start that, like, we, the other part is that this stuff was know. theorized in the 70s. So this could have, st- if it started then, right, if they launched those spacecrafts then, in our lifetime, we could have seen, like, pictures from other planets but what i'm thinking is if we keep advancing our technology you know Mm -hmm. if 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 i send out my technology out there right now it's like i don't know if uh, by the in a hundred years from now it's going to be obsolete it's not going to be obsolete but what i'm saying is it's it's going to take a hundred years to get there but if i but on another hand if i and 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 for that 100 years i have to wait but on the other hand, if I keep focused on, like, digging the roots or keep right. built, advancing my technology, my thing is going to go up there faster. And f- like, if I take 50 years to advance technology, 50 years, nothing happened. But I develop something that can get there in four years. Light right. speed. Or not possible. It's really hard to get light speed. But, but, like but even, what I'm even saying, half like, even half of, half of light, light speed, speed, like, like get there in 10 years, years. 10 years, whatever, right. Even it's 20 60 years. years. Yeah, 20 like, years would still be it's within ma- a lifetime. Mathematically, it's still pretty good so i don't know it's it's i think it's i think it, i just think in that case yes but i think we should really invest in more space exploration like yes engine. that's why i mean you have if elon, i was president, elon like if i was president i would have given nasa a lot much larger budget because i mean if, look, if you're president oh my days <laughs> yeah i know right i don't want to become president <laughs> sounds like too much work to me <laughs> no it's not too much work for you i'm saying you would do too much oh i would do too much yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sure i would like too too many ideas yeah <laughs> i mean it could be a good thing when we need it but but yeah but, i just think i don't know i feel like I, I, this is also like the pessimistic aspect of me, right? And I think a recipe for success, right, in my eyes would be rampant capitalism. So capitalism, the government is very slow, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing for governments to be slow. But capitalism is not. Capitalism is like a fast-acting businesses and decisions like that. So if you could create a government that would is able to provide like just enough economic pressures and also incentives to create commercial space flight which we've already kind of done but even further we could have probably done it earlier mm-hmm. right and i think in the next 20 years we're going to have an explosion of commercial space flight and asteroid mining and we're going to i think by the time our lives are over we'll we will have 
people like living on the moon like almost permanently probably Mm. Just like we've had people in space permanently for a hundred, but not a hundred years, but for the past, whatever, 50 years since the ISS went up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I'm looking forward to. Definitely. Space exploration. Space exploration. And then the whole capitalism aspect of it is that I think if like capitalism was allowed to thrive and I know it's like a kind of um, a technocratic future, I'm describing right but I think capitalism has the amount of money and like in that business sense that being better in innovation I think if we forced companies to innovate and stuff like that I think it would create capitalism that's just that creates more innovation than like government funded projects who knows that's just my theory I don't know it makes a lot of sense for me yeah it does that's 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 a lot to take in bro I mean, I think we can definitely keep this conversation going on forever and ever and ever because there are so many good ideas. I would definitely love to have you on once again sometime in the future. Unfortunately, time is running pretty short. Guess how long we've been here. I'm going to guess it's an hour. Almost. Almost. Close. 49 minutes. Wow. It's a long time. Time flies fast. It does. It does. Uh, I I just want to say my appreciation of how amazing this this was i mean you thought it wasn't gonna be I, great yeah I, I was like i'm it's not gonna be that good i don't think i have that many interesting things to talk about and we'll you see. realize how many interesting things it's you true. could you, you could talk about we'll and there's see, probably more the like the iceberg yeah this is only the tip of the iceberg you, you felt that yeah we could have yeah. dug down we could have sat here for like four hours talking about this thing but i unfortunately there are like commitments that i have to run to which I am already a little late, but <laughs> but um, yeah, we just forget about those. Like Sixteen <laughs> days left of school. Yeah, the thing is, talking to you, talking, thinking of these, talking about these things, it's life changing, man. It's life changing. We're talking about, I don't know, next fifty years, next hundred years, what could happen to to humanity and all these things, dude. You're such a cool guy, man. You have so many ideas. Thank I feel you. like. We could actually, I, I, I would love to have you back on again and keep this conversation going and see how how much I can dig out <laughs> of your brain. We'll see, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. But I am going to ask you this last question that I do ask everyone that comes to my podcast. Did you have a good time here today? I did, actually, yeah. You did, actually? I mean, <laughs> you thought, well, you thought. I didn't think I wasn't going to have a good time. I just thought, you know, I would be kind of dull, um, you know. But then you realize yeah, how interesting yeah. you are. And then you, it's fascinating for you too, right? Like it is to sort of like connect all yeah. these dots together, and you're like, "Whoa, wow! Oh, I was just talking about that. Oh, I was just talking about that." It, it, it's it's a pretty cool experience. I would I, I but um, for listeners, thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>